It's Wednesday, March 29th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes on the, the last day before uh, baseball starts. It's uh, opening day tomorrow. This is sort of the calm before the storm, Hoynesy. Uh, you're in Seattle getting ready for uh, the Guardians and the Mariners to open things up tomorrow night. Uh, what's the uh, what's the feeling out there? What's the vibe out there in the uh, in the great Northwest? Well, I think, Joe, uh, people are just ready to get going. Everybody was ready to get out of uh, Arizona and uh, get the season going. I think people had been there long enough, you know, six, seven weeks. The Guardians had, uh, you know, they came to camp on uh, February 14th around. And a lot of guys, you know, were out here a lot earlier than that. So I think everyone is happy to get the season going little uh, downcast because of the injury to Tristan McKenzie so late in camp, and it kind of knocked over the apple cart a little bit on the pitching staff, Joe. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not the way you want to end uh, Cactus League play or, or, or spring training or anything like that is with uh, one of your top guys uh, getting the information that uh, is going to be sidelined for a couple of months here. Uh, and, and that really does, uh, you know, sort of throw a wet blanket on everything you accomplished. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to Tristan's injury in a, in a second here because there, there was some positive news that, that came out of uh, yesterday in Arizona. And, and that's the, the fact that the Guardians uh, had, had reached agreement on uh, a contract extension with Andres Jimenez, uh, locking him up. He's going to be in a Guardians uniform for a long time. Yeah, Joe, six I mean, a seven-year deal, uh Pending, uh, you know, his physical seven-year uh, deal for $106 million, and it could get a lot higher than that uh, if they pick up the, uh, you know, his club option in 2030. Joe, have you ever, did you ever think you'd uh, be talking about player contracts that extend into 2030? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and and I, did I ever think that we'd we'd hear figures like uh, seven years, 106, as much as 130? Uh, million uh, from the Guardians. Uh, this is significant because it's not just uh, you know locking up one of the, your your young core players, but it's it's the the second highest contract ever offered by the club uh, behind what Jose Ramirez signed last year. Yeah, Jose at the end of camp signed what a seven year, hundred forty one million dollar deal. Uh, Jimenez goes for one hundred six for seven years. And the uh, interesting thing is, Joe, that uh, Jimenez is going to be 30 at the end of this contract, and that's pretty much how old uh, J-Ram was when he signed last season. So, you know, they've got uh, Jimenez for, you know, the, the you know the prime time years of his career. I mean, they bought his arbitration years, and I think they bought three of his free agent years. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the the unusual part is it's, it's that. Uh, they went beyond that, those um, those arbitration years, and, and usually, uh, you know, for the players, the incentive is to to sign something like this to be, you know, to have that consistent money uh, through the arbitration years, know what you've got, and then when you hit uh, free agency, that's when you can go back out, get yourself back out on the market, and uh, sort of find out how much you're worth. Uh, for Jimenez, I mean, we know how much uh, how much they value him. He was a, an all star starter in his his you know, first real full season at second base for Cleveland. Uh, he was a, a gold glove winner and one of the most clutch hitters in uh, baseball. His, uh, I believe he hit, what, 333 
uh, with runners in scoring position for the season. Uh, it kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to say maybe he sold himself short, but, you know, this this is the kind of numbers where if he's able to repeat those, you know, he makes himself he sets himself up for uh, through his arbitration years to, to be able to make uh, some pretty good money as well. Definitely, Joe. So, you know, obviously, you know, you weigh the you balance the two of your Jimenez, you balance security, you balance, uh, you know, taking care of your family and your family's family and their family's families after that. Or do you go, you know, knock heads year to year? You know, he wasn't even eligible for arbitration until the end of this season, Joe. So, uh, you know, I would think uh, uh, Andres uh, saw the, you know, just he wanted he wanted that security. And it's not like he's, uh, you know, he's going to be clipping coupons either. This guy's making probably around 15 to 17 million a year. And then he's got that option at the end of this, what, worth 23, perhaps 24 million for you know the eighth year of that, so he's going to do all right. Uh, what does this kind of a deal and what does this kind of money uh, say to uh, you know Jimenez and say to uh, the team? Uh, also, you got to think: uh, Does this mean that he's going to be staying at second base for the length of this contract? I, I got to believe that uh, if you're paying him that much, that that you want to see him uh, at his more natural position of shortstop, where he played during the World Baseball Classic and played well. And and they know that, you know, they're they're probably not going to be offering this kind of money to to a Med Rosario. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point that you brought up. Um, you know, Rosario is a free agent at the end of this season. You know, they've talked to him about an extension. They reached out to Andres. I mean, uh, to uh, Ahmed to see, uh, you know, if he was, you know, if he was receptive to a deal. Uh, I think he is, but I think they, you know, you know. Rosario's in an interesting position. He's 27, coming off two strong years. He's seen what the, you know, the the unbelievable market is for shortstops, free agent shortstops, has, you know, has how it's developed over the last two years. I think he wants in on that. And, you know, if you pay Jimenez, you know, if you sign him for seven million, oh, seven, you know, seven years for over a hundred million, you know, how how much do you pay uh, Rosario? Rosario is going to want more, I would imagine. So you might, you know, this might, uh, you know, this might be Rosario's walk year. Then you move uh, Andres over to shortstop. You know that that's kind of the writing on the wall. But who knows? Uh, you know, um, you know. Uh, um, Ahmed could take a uh, maybe takes a shorter deal, maybe takes a two or three year deal, and they keep that middle of the uh, infield combination together. Yeah, at, at 27, uh, it's not like Ahmed Rosario's got one chance at free agency here. If he signs a short term deal, you know he goes goes back on the market at 28, 29, uh, and then you know sees how much he can make there. Uh, I don't think he he thinks he can he's going to hurt himself. Uh, playing on this team this year in the position that he's going to be put in uh, in the the batting order um, as as far as, you know, he knows how Terry Francona likes to use him. And and that, uh, you know, is probably a positive. Yeah, you know, he's been one of the most consistent players, you know, in baseball the last two years. What, he hit 282 last year, 283 this year. You know, he had over, over 600 at-bats last season, you know, 180 hits, I think the third most in the American League. You know, this guy's a, you know, he is coming into his own, Joe. He's he's found his comfort zone. So he certainly is an interesting player. I don't, I just don't know if, you know, he, if the, in, if Cleveland and, uh, 
and uh, Rosario's agents can come to a uh, you know a settlement on on a deal that keeps them both happy. Yeah, that's uh, career highs in runs scored, uh, in triples, and in total hits for Rosario last year. So uh, either way, I think uh, at the end of uh, this season, he's probably set up to make uh, make a pretty good chunk of change somewhere. All right. Uh, so so that leads to the, you know Jimenez signing that deal. Leads us to the next question. Uh, you know, Chris Antonetti said that he thought maybe what two to three deals could get done uh, by the end of uh, spring training. Here, uh, well, we're at the end of spring training. We're we're knocking on the door of the regular season. Uh, anybody else in line right now with in terms of under discussion or that if there was a, a wish list for the team to to get a deal done with right now uh, that they could uh, they could see something working out. Yeah, you know, Antonetti was kind of coy when he talked to the reporter, reporters a couple times. He said he was optimistic that, uh, you know, some uh, that they could sign some players to an extent to extensions. And uh, I guess we're seeing it unfold in front of our in front of our eyes, Joe. I guess, you know, you, you know, Tristan McKenzie's name is out there. Trevor Steffen's name is out there, uh, you know, uh you know, you've got Rosario, you've got Jimenez, you know, and and Stephen Kwan is out there too, you know. So, you know, there's possibilities. You know, I think this is going to be a busy day. I really do. I think there's going to be, we're going to probably, you know, they would, counting Jimenez, they could get another guy or maybe two more guys signed to extensions by the time the season opens uh, on Thursday night. Is there a gut feeling on, uh, on your end who you think, uh, you know, might be uh, at the top of the list? You know, I would think, you know, I don't know if Tristan's injury, you know, ch- uh, changes anything. I would doubt that. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, I don't know if both sides would back off now or, or, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of putting that on the shelf, moving that to these, to the side of the conversation. I would think Stefan and Quan are, are the, you know, kind of the main targets now. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Uh, you, you lock up a guy like a, a Stefan and, and, you know, after you showed uh, the kind of faith in him that you did uh, two seasons ago by keeping him on the roster for the entire year, uh, maybe uh, maybe he returns some of that and uh, and, and and takes a deal uh, that keeps him here for uh, you know and, and, and locks up the uh, the back end of that pen and solidifies things. Uh, but but really, uh, Quan's the kind of guy that you could get something done with and and really turn him into uh, sort of the face of of your, your, your team for the next several years, sort of a secondary face behind, uh, uh, Jose Ramirez. Uh, this is a, a guy who, who you can build, uh, you know, sort of, you can, you can market this team behind a guy like Juan. He's, he's real easy to, to do that with. And, uh, I, I think there's a lot that would go into, uh, getting a deal done with, uh, with a Stephen Juan. Yeah, Joe. And, uh, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody and do you wait on Quan? Do you want him to re- show you show? Uh, do, does Cleveland wait on him and sh- tell me, OK, Stephen, do do what you did last year again. Then we'll come back to the uh, bargaining table and talk. Or do you, t- you know, strike while the iron's hot? You know, you've seen him, you know, come up and have, you know, just an outstanding year. Wire to wire moves in the leadoff spot, ignites the team plays a gold glove left field, you know, do you, do you, do you go with that now or do you wait? And uh, I guess we'll see, uh, you know, what, what course, you know, both, uh, you know, Quan and uh, Cleveland takes. Yeah. The kinds of things that, that Quan did last year 
are, I don't want to say are like slump proof, but, but knowing the strikes, like having that, that real good command of the strike zone. And even on, uh, I've seen statistics that have been, been quoted in the off season about how even on pit, uh, you know, pitches where he was called out on strikes, the, the majority of the pitches that were called third strikes on, on Stephen Kwan last year weren't in the strike zone. Uh, so that, that just tells me he really does have that good command of the and knowledge of the strike zone. Uh, that kind of thing, you know, it, it's not something that really fluctuates a, a lot. Uh, and, and so I think that, um, you know, I don't want to say he's, he's built to be kind of slump proof, but, you know, and, and hopefully he, he proved, he bears that out this season. Uh, I, I think you can sort of relax and, and, and trust that he's going to be there uh, the same kind of way that he was last year. And, and that would make them feel a little more comfortable in, in reaching out and extending him now, as opposed to, Hey, Hey, do it again, prove it, uh, you know, show us you can do it on a consistent basis. Uh, I think, uh, you know, they, you can just kind of put, put a little faith in a, in a guy like this. It's it just to get, it's maybe it's just a gut feeling, but, uh, uh, you know, he, he's shown that so far, uh, you know, in what he's been able to do. Uh, all right. The Guardians uh, come back yesterday in their uh, exhibition finale, uh, take a loss uh, against the um, Diamondbacks at Chase Field. But Cal Quantrill was on the mound, uh, kind of struggled, kind of scuffled, had a lot of traffic on the bases, but only gave up uh, one run in four and two thirds innings. Yeah, Joe, it's kind of an interesting start. I mean, uh, you know, like you said, he gives up four and two third innings. He uh, gives up the one run, but, you know, he's going along. He had extended his, uh, you know, consecutive out streak to 21 batters. And then he, in, the, in the second inning, he kind of went haywire. He hit two batters. He walked two batters. You know, he, he ends up, walk, you know, forcing home a run. Uh, he ends up with four walks, two hit batters. Uh, so, um you know, I don't know if it was just the final start or, you know, he was in such a groove against the Giants in his previous start that, uh, you know, that was bound to end. But, you know, it's been an up and down spring for a Quantrill. And I'm I'm really uh, interested to see how he comes out on Sunday against a, really a good uh, Seattle lineup. Yeah, I, I get the feeling that, you know, once the, the adrenaline kicks in, once the, the regular season sort of atmosphere kicks in, that uh, Quantrill will, you know, he's he's very much an ultra competitive uh, guy out on that mound. Uh, we've seen it uh, so much in the past. It, it, no doubt that that he'll get out there and and you know be locked in. Uh, whether he's able to uh, execute is the uh, is the the key for that. Uh, you know, if his pitches aren't where they're supposed to be, then uh, he's he's going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, especially against Seattle's lineup. Um, we talked about uh, Tristan McKenzie's injury and the uh, the strain to the Terrace Major muscle in his right shoulder. This is a this is an injury that we've heard uh, a lot about over the last several years uh, regarding Cleveland pitchers, uh, dating back to Corey Kluber and uh, Mike Clevenger, who when they were on the staff, but uh, even guys who were are, are on the the pitching staff now. Have have dealt with this injury, uh, in, in particularly relievers like uh, Nick Sandlin, James Karinchak. Uh, they've they've had to deal with it. What uh, what makes the Terrace Major muscle so important, and and why is it so uh, sort of in fashion now to be be straining this muscle? 
I think this is Cleveland's, uh, you know, uh, pet pet injury. You don't hear about it with anybody else. I mean, maybe it's, uh, you know, it's called a different injury with with different teams. But uh, Joe, uh, you know, uh, Terry Francona was asked that question yesterday, and uh, he, you know, he didn't want to speculate too much, but he said, you know, he's had conversations with pitching coach Carl Willis, and and uh, Willis thought um, that perhaps, you know. Pitchers are short arming the ball more, you know, they're coming at thrown right right from behind their ear, and uh, that might put a little bit of a you know extra strain on that muscle. But you know, and uh, but he did you know he he didn't have anything to pinpoint. You know, there wasn't I guess there's probably not a lot of research on this, or there or there might be research, and they're not no one is telling us what what the cause of the injury is. But you know, I, if you're Cleveland, you know, you I would think you want to get to the bottom of this because you know a lot of your top pitchers have come down with this. Sandlin has had it twice, so uh, you know, Karen Chack had it last season, missed half the year. You know, now Tristan is down for eight weeks. You know, uh, it's it's um, you know pitching is an, an unnatural movement, and it puts strains on on your shoulder, your elbow, and everything else. So, you know, this is uh, this is something I, I would think right now the trainers and the doctors, you know, with Cleveland are diving into, or they probably have been diving into it for you know a couple uh, at least a year now. Yeah. So what you're saying is Paul Dolan needs to fund a uh, Cleveland Clinic study. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, to, to, to sort of research this, the sports science to, to figure out, uh, you know, just exactly what's going on here uh, with with this. It's funny that, uh, you know, Carl Willis thinks it might be something mechanical with uh, the way that, uh, you know, deliveries have have changed over the years. You know, you're talking about guys that that now throw mid to upper 90s. And, and that wasn't the, always the case. And you probably didn't hear a lot about uh, Terrace Major muscles being torn in the uh, you know the the, the early 1990s, uh, when when you know your your fastest fastball was between 93 and 95 miles an hour. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, and a lot of guys you know go with the abbreviated windup now. You know, so I don't know if that has something to do with it. You know, whether you're a starter or a reliever, you know, you don't you don't have a full windup. Uh, is that does has that changed? I, you know, I'm I'm no pitching expert, but you know, I think I'm sure people are looking into this right now. Uh, as far as uh, McKenzie's spot in the rotation, the Guardians announced that Hunter Gaddis will be stepping in, and and he will be making uh you know the starts in place of uh, Tristan McKenzie at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, that opens up a spot uh, in the bullpen for uh, Xavier Curry. He's going to be up. Uh, they've recalled him from uh, AAA. So uh, that takes care of the the open spot on the roster. Uh, now they just have to make um, moves to get uh, Cam Gallagher and Mabry's Valoria on the 40-man. Uh, those could possibly be uh, taken care of with, uh, you know, uh, 60 day injury, uh, list moves by, uh, for Sam Hentges and McKenzie. Yeah. Or, or Co- Cody, uh, Cody Morris is, you got to include him in that group too. Uh, Joe, I, I would think, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, and, uh, it, it's kind of still, you know, I, I get the feeling that, you know, uh, uh, you know, the front office is still looking at the waiver wire, still, you know, entertaining, 
you know, trade ideas just to see if they can, you know, make this club a little bit better. What do they say? Incrementally better before opening day. So, you know, I'm not sure this uh, 26-man roster is written in stone. It's got to be close, maybe concrete, which is just drying. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you still got time to settle and, uh, and, and make some changes here before uh, Thursday night. Of course, they're the, uh, the last game on the schedule to, to, to start. So, uh, you know, we'll get through all the pageantry uh, here on the, the East Coast of the um, opening day with, you know, everything going on, uh, games throughout the day. And then uh, the nightcap will be Guardians and uh, Mariners from Seattle uh, late. But but hey, with games only lasting two and a half hours now, it uh, it's not like uh, we'll be up until three in the morning. Right, Hoinsey? Yeah, that's great, Joe. I mean, this is going to be a good test right now. We're going to see if the spring training kind of, they sprinted through spring training, these games. And now we're going to see um, if the sprint continues in the regular season. And I would imagine, I, I would imagine it would, Joe. You, you've got to, the pitcher has to pay attention to the pitch clock. The uh, hitter has to, you know, now if you get a, you know, a ball called against you, if you're the pitcher or a strike called against you, if you're a hitter, uh, you know, that, that, that comes, you know, that, that starts, that starts to carry weight. Now that means something. Yeah. The, all of these, uh, these nuances and, and violations and changes and, uh, all that, it, it all means something. It all counts for something now. And, uh, the minute we see a game get decided by a, uh, a strike called like that, uh, it, it it's going to, it's going to wake everybody up, I think. And, uh, it, it'll be a, a definite story. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, uh, workout today with the Guardians at T-Mobile Park, and uh, we'll, we'll see what else comes out of, uh, you know, that sort of get-together, and we'll uh, be back again uh, tomorrow for a, a preview of the Mariners versus the uh, Guardians in the season opener. Uh, Shane Bieber and Luis Castillo taking the mound. Uh, it should be a fun one. All right, Joe, for sure. 